Welcome to Carson Chatter, a podcast focused on Carson City, the people who shape it, and the real estate that defines it. I'm Cena Lloyd, Carson City Library Director, and I am here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Garrett Lapierre, local real estate agent with Century 21 Jim Wilson Realty. We have another great guest this week for you, along with our weekly segments, Community Connections, and Lapierre's Corner. Stay with us, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to this week's episode of Carson Chatter. We're going to hop into Lapeer's Corner, and um, just a quick announcement before we do that. The uh, um, Community Connection segment and Cena will be back with us here, hopefully next episode, if not next episode, the episode after. She has been a busy gal. The Carson City Library has some wonderful things that they got going on, lots of different programs that they're putting together, not only for adults, but also for children. Um, if you haven't been to the library in a little while, I highly, highly encourage you to get down there and check it out. Um, they have uh, a massive amount of computers available for you. Obviously, they have more books than they know what to do with, uh, but they also have what's called a digitorium, and there's a lot of different tools available for you in there. Um, I was blown away by all the different things that the library offered, uh, and most of the stuff simply with just a library card. So if you haven't been to the library here lately, get down to the Carson City Library and check it out. Um, If you have kids, bring them down to the Digitorium, see what's out there and available for them. Uh, They have have, uh, technology programs where they're using computers and microphones and videos. Uh, They have um, um, art classes, design classes. They have a 3D printer. Um, So please check it out. Or you can always go onto their website as well, um, carsoncitylibrary.com. Um, and we're going to hop into Lapeer's Corner. So this week I want to talk to you about what is the best website to visit as a consumer state um, and maybe get your own information about your own property. And there's two main ones I want to talk about. Zillow.com is, is probably the most popular real estate website that's out there. Uh, and then Realtor.com. So Zillow.com is a for-profit website um, that is uh, it's a publicly traded company. Zillow and Trulia are owned by the same group. Um, and Zillow's business model is to sell advertising to real estate agents. Um, and then they have syndication agreements that the MLSs throughout the country put their information onto Zillow and onto Trulia. And then that group... Truly and Zillow sell advertising to the real estate agents, and that's how they make their money. Um, Zillow also offers a feature which is um, really popular, probably one of the most popular things on, on the Internet when it comes to real estate, called a Zestimate. And it gives you an idea of what your property's worth. Uh, I've usually only worked for residential real estate, um, and the Zestimate usually is, is, is close to where the market really is at. Sometimes it's a little bit less, sometimes it's a little bit higher, um, but but usually it's within about 10% of where the market's at. I've seen cases where it was way off, but it gives you a good baseline, a good starting point. Um, so if Zillow tells you your property is worth $300,000, do not take Zillow's word for that. Contact a real estate professional, a licensed professional, um, and they can really drill that number down for you and get you a really good, you know, five to ten thousand dollar window of what the real market value is. But Zillow is a great starting point, great, great baseline. And then Realtor.com 
is actually owned by real estate agents. It's owned by the National Association of Realtors. Um, and the information that is there um, is um, the most accurate information that you're going to find as a consumer on the Internet uh, because it comes from all of our MLSs throughout the country. Where Zillow and Trulia don't have every MLS, Realtor.com does have every MLS. Uh, one, one difference with Realtor.com as well is they do a good job of showing you what listings are actually in escrow, uh, so which, which ones are pending, which ones are sold. Uh, where Zillow, they're a little more um, ambiguous as to what's actually available and what's pending. Um, so Realtor.com is a great place to go to go uh, search for real estate. You can set up your own searches. Um, uh, you can put in your own parameters and play with that. You can circle a map, um, you know, for a particular neighborhood. So play around with that. Have fun with that. Those are the two best places that I would that I would direct you to. Uh, but as always, the most accurate information, the best information that's available out there in the marketplace is from a local real estate agent. And so I would highly encourage you to reach out to your favorite local real estate agent. Um, and if you have questions, whether you're looking to buy, looking to sell, that's your go-to place. That's who you want to be talking to. Uh, and you can always go to sellingcarsoncity.com, which is my website, and you can search the MLS there. You can um, you can find out what your home's worth by just simply uh, inquiring through the website. Um, and I'd be happy to help you in any way, whether that's looking to buy or sell. Thanks a lot for listening. We're going to have Dave Dolly on for this week's guest. He is the assessor for Carson City. We have a great conversation. Um, so stay tuned for that. Welcome back to the Carson Chatter Podcast. We're here with our guest this week, Dave Dolly, who's the assessor for Carson City. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Dave. Well, thank you, Garrett. I appreciate you asking me. You betcha. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be the assessor. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, I actually came to Carson City back in 1993 when I was discharged from the Air Force. Um, my, my dad was building out in the Dayton area, so I came into Carson City. Um, I actually started working in uh, 1993 with the assessor's office and was a personal property appraiser and gradually worked my way up to become assessor in 2002 and I've been reelected four times now. So Awesome. And, and that's one thing I want to point out. I think most people should know if they don't know that the assessor is actually an elected official. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's not a policy position. You know, We don't set policy at all. We're just an administrator. But I think it's real important that the assessor be uh, an elected individual that way. The only person I'm accountable to is the general public. Exactly. So I know that your job is is um, not so complicated as far as what you do, but the process of how you come up with a, with a property tax for a particular parcel. Can you try to explain that in the best layman's terms possible of how property tax is calculated for a particular piece of real estate? Absolutely. Nevada is real unique in the fact that we are the only state in the nation that appraises property the way we do. Um, we appraise property, the land portion, based on market value, and we use comparable sales if we have them. And then all structures we use, replacement cost new, less depreciation. So it's very similar to if you have homeowner's insurance, how they're going to value your home. To, to rebuild it, what's it going to cost to rebuild it using today's cost? And then we add all of those together and we come up with, with what's called taxable value. The taxable value is, is multiplied by 35% and then multiplied by the tax rate. And that's typically what the tax amount would have been. Um, except for in 2005, the Nevada legislature passed a property tax cap, and that protects uh, the, the property taxes themselves. Gotcha. So in, in 2005, um, they, they put a property tax cap on there, and then they put each 
type of property into two separate categories: we have primary residence and, Correct. and investment, and all others, pretty much. And all others, pretty Correct. much. Can you explain a little bit about why newer buildings are taxed at a higher rate than older buildings? Absolutely. The actual tax rate is the same. Uh, in Carson City, is three dollars and fifty-two cents per hundred. The difference in why properties, newer properties, are taxed much higher is is pretty much. In 2005, the Nevada legislature, at the real start of the, of the bubble, the real estate bubble that was happening, they put a property tax cap into place, which said any owner-occupied single-family residences in existence at that time would be capped at 3%, the actual tax amount, not the assessment. All other properties, that would be your commercial, your industrial, your, your vacant land, um, would go up, at, up to 8% each year. That's the amount of the tax increase. Now, if the property itself was built after 2005, then the full value of the property went on the tax roll. So that was not capped the first year. So we were seeing a lot of properties that were built that time. The taxes were sometimes double what an existing home would have been, just because of the when it was constructed. Gotcha. And, and yeah... We see that in new developments, you know, as a real estate agent, I want to make sure I tell consumers that if you're going to go buy a new house, just be aware that your property tax bill for the first 10 years or so is going to be a little higher than what it would be for um, an older home and maybe for the life of that property. But at least those first 10 years, you're going to pay, in some cases, maybe double of what you would if you went and bought a house that was built in 1980. That's absolutely correct. Okay. Um, why is the assessor so important to, to the city functions and the finances of the city? Well, there's, pretty, there's two main taxes that are collected that actually run the city. The, the main tax is, is the sales tax and the property tax. So the assessor's office, we're real important because it's our job to go out and discover all the real and personal property that needs to be on the tax roll. So the more that we can get on the tax roll, then the more money that, that is generated, so that goes into the city coffers. When I talk about personal property, I'm talking about the fact that we go out and we discover mobile homes, um, aircraft, aircraft that are stationed here in Carson City, they're taxed. Commercial business, um, all of the equipment that's actually used in a business mm -hmm. is all taxable, and we have to identify that on a yearly basis as well. Gotcha. So it's, it's real property, that would be your stick-built stick homes, and then the personal property, we have to discover as of July 1st, that's our main date. Gotcha. Um, right now, there's a lot of exciting things with some new developments going on. Um, matter of fact, probably more building than what I've seen in, in my lifetime Absolutely. at one time. Um, that's only going to help the tax base, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. We, uh, we see a lot of sales and a lot of building going up along um, East William Street. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got a new credit union. We've got a new car wash. We've got some housing that's going to be going up there. All of those items are going to be put on the roll first time, and that's going to be at full value. So, yes, that's going to be a, a big increase in the tax amount. Great. Um, if someone built, and I run across this every month, maybe every other month, where someone calls and says, hey, Garrett, I'm thinking about selling my house. Mm -hmm. I come out and I take a look at it, and, and they say, okay, my house is 1,600 square feet, but I added this sunroom in the back that is roughly 400 square feet. Um, and my first question always is, is did you get a building permit? Right. And um, most of the time it's yes, but there's a lot of times where it's no. Um, how, did, how does your office look at that? And how do you handle someone who maybe did an unpermitted addition um, and you find out about it 10 years later? Okay. Well, there's a couple of different things that, that we're looking at right now because we are required to be at the property at least once every five years. And when I say be at the property, we're not going to be knocking on the door saying, okay, we want to go through your property. Right. 
we're actually doing it from the outside. So we're going to try and see if there's any kind of a, uh, improvements that have been made to the property. Um, we also now use aerial photography. We fly at least once every two years, so we have pretty up-to-date um, aerial photography. And we can see if, if any kind of an addition has been made. We don't um, tax. If we find an addition that has been put on there, then we're not going to go back to 10 years ago and, and tax from that 10-year time period. We're going to go ahead and we're going to try and figure out what it is. At that point, we may contact you. We may be knocking on the door to try and get access to that portion. But we'd like to make sure that we're taxing it properly, whereas if it might be an addition, an actual true living area addition, or it might be just a porch that was enclosed. You know, we'd like to be able to tax it properly. It's not really up to us to determine whether or not you, you got a permit on the property. It is required by county code, but even if you didn't get a permit, then it's there, we will be taxing you on it. Gotcha. So building permit or no building permit, it's going to go on the tax roll once it's found out. Correct. Not going to penalize somebody. Absolutely. Great. Yeah, no, we don't do that. Yeah. Um, in, in, why is it important for someone to go get that building permit? Well, if you want to sell it, I mean, first off, your lenders are going to require it. That's, there's just no way to get about that. Um, and they want to do it because they want to make sure it was built up the current county codes. They don't want to have subpar wiring in there that may cause an electrical fire later on that would burn down the entire house. So, I mean, a building important is, or a building permit is very important in the, the whole building process. Exactly. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's the biggest thing for why people should get a building permit is to make sure that it's being done correctly. Absolutely, absolutely. And you want a licensed contractor, too. I mean, it's really important that you get somebody who is licensed that takes responsibility for all the work that they provide. Exactly. Bonded and insured. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. What's the best thing about your job? The best thing about my job is the taxpayers. I love being able to talk to the taxpayers. Um, being that Nevada property taxes are so confusing, it's, it's, it's not very commonly known how we do stuff. Um, we do have everything online. All of the properties that we're currently appraising, all of the statutes that we deal with, everything is online so taxpayers can see what exactly they're being charged for. And, and it's very important for us to have you know, clear, transparent government. Correct. And so being able to explain to somebody how we're doing it and why we're doing it is, is extremely gratifying to me. Once they actually see the whole outcome and how the process works, mm -hmm. uh, most of them leave very happy. Some of them don't. But Can't make everybody happy. Absolutely. <laughs> and I know there's some exceptions out there for property tax. What are some of those? Well, there, there are a number of exemptions we have. We have a, what's called a veteran's exemption. Uh, surviving spouse exemption. So if you're a widow or a widower and uh, you were married to your spouse when they passed away. And then there, we also have a blind exemption. And those are personal exemptions that can be used on the property taxes or they can be used uh, on the governmental service tax when you register your vehicle. Gotcha. Um, for, for a veteran's exemption, you must have served during a major conflict and there's certain dates that you require. Um, and so once you sign up, you have to come down and see us the first time. Then, you, you, then after that, we do everything through the mail from then on out. Um, for a veteran, it's about $104 if you use it at the DMV. Okay. So that's quite a deduction. And if you're a disabled veteran, at least 60%, then there's a much larger exemption. I believe for the governmental service tax, it, it starts at about $500 that you would get off each year. Wow. So it, it goes up. I mean, anywhere above 60%, all they would need to do is bring down their, their discharge papers and their VA percentage papers that they get. 
and their Nevada driver's license, and we can sign them up for it. Wow. So if someone thinks that they may be have a, that they might have an exemption or be be um, um, uh, eligible for one, all they need to do is contact your office or go down to your office. Absolutely, they can call, email, just come down and see us. Awesome. Great. What's the most challenging part of your job? Uh, probably the taxpayers. <laughs> I mean, they're the most fun, but they're also the most challenging because when you're dealing with property taxes, when you're dealing with any kind of tax in general, I mean, it, you're hitting somebody's wallet. Right. And so they're not too happy about it. Um, I was actually talking to a lady yesterday who she, she just wasn't real happy with the way that the, the Nevada taxes personal property. And I totally get her side of it 100%. Um, unfortunately, statutes and, and the Nevada Administrative Code say this is how I have to do it. And, you know, the only way that you can actually get things changed is by going through the Nevada legislature to do it. Right. And so, I mean, dealing with, with irate taxpayers who sometimes don't want to listen and don't want to try and understand it, um, that's the most frustrating part. Gotcha. I, I know one of the big misconceptions about property tax here in Nevada that I get is um, people coming over from California may, mainly, but other states as well, uh, and they think that the property tax is going to be tied to the purchase price. So let's say the house that they're interested in buying sold for 200000 and now they're going to sell it for 450000 They think that the property taxes are going to go way up because right. of just the purchase price. Right. But that's not how it works here at all. That's not currently how it works. But there is a, a current uh, bill that's making its way through the Nevada legislature. It's called Senate Joint Resolution 13. Okay. Now, what that does, it really does change the way that Nevada taxes property and bases it more on the California Proposition 13 type to where it would be 1.25% of the actual sales price. Okay. Um, and then the actual increase could only go up 3% each year. Now, it, it may seem like it's a really good bill, but if you actually read the details on it, if we were to have another crash like we had back in 2008, 2009, where the markets potentially went down 40, 50, 60%, mm -hmm. if proposition or if um, SGR 13 went into play, then the only increase or the only decrease that you would see is a 3% decrease. So your property value may have dropped 50%, but the actual amount of your taxes would only go down 50%. And that to me and the other assessors in the state don't really, don't seem fair. I mean, if you're going to be paying taxes on the value of a property, then you should be paying the actual taxes based on that value, not just a 3% decrease. Right. And so... That needs to be changed, but the only way that can be changed is to be another constitutional or Senate joint resolution because you're actually changing the Nevada Constitution gotcha. when you're doing this. Um, if it does pass the Nevada legislature again 2017, it will be up to a vote of the people, 2018. And then and it has to go back to the legislature again? No, no, it passed once. It has to go through the session one more time, and then it goes to the people. Gotcha. And so I just, I just hope that if it does pass the Nevada legislature again, that the assessors are able to educate the, the general public enough to know that you know, things need to be changed in it. Gotcha. And, and what, what, what bill is that again? It's Senate Joint Resolution 13. We we'll have to keep an eye out on that with the session starting here in a few months. Absolutely. Uh, now, um, you talked a little bit about aerial photos. Um, do you guys do your own aerial photos? Do you use Google Maps? We actually have a company that it's called Pictometry. Okay. And we've contracted with them. We're now doing our third flight with them. And with Pictometry, it's not just an ortho photograph. It's not like you're just looking down at the structure. Right. With Pictometry, we can actually look at the property at a 45-degree angle. Okay. And it's all the way around the property. 
So we can get really detailed. And, and the, the pictures themselves are down to a three inch um, pixel down in downtown so that we can get pretty close and, and not have it too fuzzy. Gotcha. How has technology kind of changed your job and, 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 and your office of how you do business? It's actually helped us out quite a bit because before we were always trying to figure out what was in the backyard. And I don't know if you've ever driven by a property and tried to look through the fence to see what's in the other side. It's tough. It's very tough. <laughs> um, the use of aerial photography has helped us because we can actually go and see what's back there. Um, it's important for us because we are audited by the Department of Taxation once every three years. And the Department of Taxation, they're not real nice because they actually go and talk to the homeowner and they measure everything, front and back, stuff that we can't get to. Gotcha. And so the use of aerial photography has helped us to, to pick up more of the items on the, in the backyards mm -hmm. so that we're not written up so much on, on some, some of the items that we didn't have. Gotcha. And, and using more technology out in the field as well, you know, for, for the appraisers and things like that? We've tried to. Um, there's some programming out there, but it just, we haven't gotten to that point yet. Gotcha. It's not perfected to where I think it would be beneficial for our office. I know, I know the online records, you know, and I don't know how big of a, of a role your office plays in that. I know the information that's out there mm -hmm. is, is collected by you guys. Uh, but the website that Carson City has for the, for the, the public information on properties is terrific. Well, thank you. It's very easy to use, lots of information. Um, you can check out document history, check out ownership history. Uh, lots of neat tools. If you haven't checked that out, go to Carson.org, and you can, you can see the assessor's office and, and look at the property information and everything else there. Um, if someone uh, if someone has a question, they think maybe they have um, an exemption out there for them, how can they get a hold of you, Dave? Well, our phone number is 775-887-2130, is okay. or you can email us. The, the main email to the office is A is in Apple, S is in Sam, S is in Sam, R is in Romeo, at Carson.org. And that actually comes straight to me, so I can go ahead and answer the questions or find up to where it needs to go. Great. And I appreciate your comments on the website. We've tried making it very user-friendly. Um, we, we put all of the information out there, again, because it's all public record. Right. And so our, our website has actually been the number one hit website continually for years, just because of the amount of information that's out there. We've, we've made it possible so you can actually do, do searches if you're looking to see what kind of value... Um, or, or what the current market is on your house, then you can actually search sales by subject area or price or date or anything like that. So we've really tried to get it out there to make it user-friendly for everybody. Correct. And, and I find 99.9% .9 of the time your guys' information is, is right on. I mean, I do, from the size of the house to the size of the lot, I mean, everything's always really dialed in. Well, good. And, and we ask that if, we're, if we put something on a roll that's not proper mm -hmm. or it's not actually there or maybe... You know, you took a fence down or something like that. Please let us know. I mean, we'll, we're more than happy to go out, take a look to make sure that we're actually taxing exactly what's there and nothing else. Gotcha. So your last question I'll ask you, and I ask this to everybody, is if you had no limits, what would be your big audacious goal for Carson City? Yeah, and that's a really tough question. Um, I've been in Carson City for a long time. I, I love Carson City. I love being able to uh, raise my family here. I have three kids. And so it's, it's been a nice area. Um, the one thing, and I'm, I'm a fiscal conservative, so the one thing for me is taxes. I would like to be able to be able to fund everything that needs to be done in Carson City without raising any kind of fees or taxes. And that to me would just be a huge goal. I'm not sure it's ever possible, but um, that's what I would like to see done. That's a good goal. I, I know plenty of people share that same, that same uh, vision and same goal that you do.
Oh, thanks again for thanks again for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate you. Smart guy, you know you know what you're doing. You've been in office for a while, so thank you for for your service to the city and and, and for running such a good office. Garrett, thank you, thank you so much for doing these podcasts. It's it's nice and educational for the taxpayers. You betcha. Thanks. We'll thanks. be right back. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Carson Chatter. You can subscribe via SoundCloud or iTunes by searching Carson Chatter Podcast. When you do, please leave a review as it makes it easier to find us. And please engage with us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by simply searching Carson Chatter Podcast. You can also email us at carsonchatterpodcast at gmail.com. See you again soon, and don't forget to tell a friend about this podcast.